Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Skip Happens. Skip Clark, your podcast host. Normally, I'm joined by Deb Lamphere, the president and founder of the Country Music Fan Club. But uh, Deb Lamphere tonight with her club, uh, she's working Nashville. And she's working Nashville because of our connection with the CMA Awards. So that's where Deb is tonight. And by the way, uh, with the official cmfc the official country music fan club uh, i highly recommend that you go to their facebook page you look them up if you like these opportunities to go to nashville and maybe be at the cmas uh you look up the country music fan club and of course miss deb lamb fear uh you can become like seat fillers and that's really cool but right now let's get right to our guest and uh we were just talking without the mics on that it's probably been hard to believe but um four, five, maybe six years since we've actually seen each other. And uh, if uh, you're into the music scene here in the Northeast, in the the, uh, Syracuse area, you may have seen him. He's been here quite often uh, in the past. Now everything's kind of put on hold, but Mr. Billy Lord is with us. Billy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Skip. Uh, I miss you guys up there. Oh, well, we miss you too. And uh, I guess this is the uh, next best thing is – utilizing our technology being able to uh, at least we see each other face to face and we're both live so that that's the good thing it's just you can't be here in person so it, it's a zoom meeting world right yeah it is you know yeah. zoom this is when i wish i had sock uh socks stock and zoom that wouldn't that be too can you just imagine that uh, I you, you, you and me both <laughs> <laughs> i love it so how you been buddy everything good every everything is good um you know, people people have been asking a lot because it has been a few years, and um, you know, I've got a lot of unreleased music, and um, I've been writing a ton and getting ready to record here with uh, Mitch Dane from Sputnik Studios in in, in, in Nashville, and um, been working with Renee True sitting to my right here, and on some amazing arrangements for new music. So um, you know, it took a minute. A lot has happened. A lot has transpired. Um, you know, Nashville is, is, is no joke. Um, and it's, it's a tough, tough, uh, road, but, um, you know, I've, I've been going steady the whole time, even though I've been pretty silent on social media. Um, you know, just, just really keeping to myself, uh, you know, been through some business dealings that didn't work out so well. And now I'm, I'm out of those and kind of on my own again. And I found that when I started this whole thing, I was all by myself and, and that's when things really started taking off for me. So it's been quiet, but I've been quietly building in the background. And I can honestly tell you that I think that I'm in the best position that I've been in personally in a long time. So I'm ready to do some music again. Yeah, that that's awesome to hear. I've always been a fan of what you have done. And uh, from the first time we met, I said, man, this guy's really cool. I love the music and all that. But uh, that goes back. Um, did you have a Harley? Was it a Harley that you were? Yes, I still have that Harley. Um, really? Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to have Harley Davidson sponsor me. As as you know, when I met you, um, you know, it was it was not long after I started music, which I started very late in life, as you know. I started at a at a bad time when I lost everything. I was in New York City, and and right. really, um, you know, all I had was a guitar. So I, I just taught myself to play, and yeah, that that was my story. But now it's become more about you know the music um, and how it kind of took off. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I've learned so much about being a writer, being a singer, being a performer, 
um, that I didn't know back then. Um, but now I have a little bit of business experience and acumen under my belt. And I, I just learned a lot of hard lessons. So, um, like I said, I'm just in a, in a much better place now. Yeah. And well, you know, all that experience, if you didn't have everything, well, let me put it this way. If those things didn't happen, maybe you wouldn't be where you are now. You've learned from all those mistakes or some of those dealings that may have gone bad. You've learned from that. And now yeah. you're in a good position in your life and uh, you're rolling with your music. And it, it's something too, you really skip about just, you know, just uh, surviving it, <laughs> you know, just, just uh, maintaining, um, staying in it and, and not giving up. Right. And, um, you know, that's been the big thing. And, and, you know, when I hear people say, you know, what happened? Did you give up on music? That was never, never the case. Never wanted to. Went through some difficult times where, and I'll be honest, there were times where I just, I didn't enjoy music the way that I did at the beginning. Because it was very organic for me in the beginning. I wasn't really thinking anything beyond wanting to make some great songs. And I've come around full circle to that. Um, you know, I, for a minute there in Nashville, I, I think that, you know, I got kind of caught in the trappings of, you know, the bright lights of, of Broadway down there and um, the, the promises people were making. And, you know, some, some of the brushes, um, you know, with, with, with the larger crowds and right, right. some of the fanfare and, and um, you know, you start thinking differently about what you're doing and you lose really sight of, of who you are as an artist, uh, first of all, because at that point I was, you know, I, I was really trying to write for Nashville at that point. And when I started, I, I was really writing for me. And I think that I'm coming back to that where I just want to write for me. Now, I won't say that Nashville hasn't influenced my writing and my style, and even the way that I speak, my parents, you know, make fun of me because I think I have a Southern accent now, which I think is kind of funny. <clears throat> but uh, you have a little bit of an accent now. You didn't have that before. <laughs> I've still yeah, I've heard right there for a little bit. So yeah, I've heard that. I mean, I I, I love you it. Know, it goes beyond just saying y'all. I mean, I, I yeah. hear it. I hear it at times, and and uh, I don't mind it at all. I kind of like it. I've really settled into you know living here in Tennessee and. And the people and the vibe is is really pretty cool. How close are you to Nashville itself? Are you are you living right in the? City? I am. I am now about uh, I would say about thirty miles southwest of. Oh, the yeah, I'm in a little town uh, called Bonacqua. Okay. And there wasn't much here when I got here and, and moved here a couple years back, and now it's it just seems to be booming. I mean, the traffic, you know, in rush hour now is is blowing my mind and. It's, yeah. You know, all these developments are popping up. And th this area, the only claim to fame that this area had was that um, Johnny Cash had a had a farm called the Hideaway Farm. And it's, a, it's probably about two and a half miles up the street from where I live. And um, it's kind of a, a little known gem. But, you know, for people coming to Nashville, I really recommend that they seek that out and go and see it. Because, it, you know, you walk through that house and it's just like, you know, Johnny left wow. yesterday. It's, you know, his shoes are on the floor. And it's, Robes and hanging on the on the door. It's it's pretty crazy. It's, it's yeah, it, it, it amazes me that it's still like that. It's amazing. It, it amazes me that you can walk in there and there are his shoes or there's you know nothing's moved. And what about isn't there like is it Studio A, Studio B? I'm trying to think. Um, you can take a tour one of the old RCA studios if you go to Nashville. If you're going to do yeah. a tourist type of thing. You can take a tour of the studio and everything is right where they left it when they locked the doors. 
and it's yeah. amazing from the microphone actually elvis recorded there a couple of songs and that microphone is still there the podium is still there the tape is still on the tape reel the piano is still just the way it was when they you know when they wrapped up that session and that amazes me it is it, it's crazy and you know what you walk in there and you get the feeling you get this like eerie like yeah you know, and he, now you can hear a pin drop, if you know what I mean. It's like, right. you know, you don't want to talk too loud. It's crazy. It's crazy. But um, not as crazy as you, because you drove a road across the country on your motorcycle, if I'm not mistaken, and you had a guitar, you know, slung over your shoulder. Yeah, that that was uh, that was interesting, um, because it was kind of, you know, just this, uh, after I recorded the first album, and, and it did really, really well, and I got a lot of exposure from it that I didn't expect. Um, yeah. I, I still didn't have a home at that point. I was kind of roaming around and, and playing and um, I had the opportunity or the idea, I should say, uh, just this romantic, crazy notion. I wanted to cross the country on a motorcycle with a guitar slung on my back and, and uh, write all these songs about the people and places um, that I encountered along the way. And um, I had a, my manager at the time, um, Gina Majore, uh, struck a deal with, um, Bruce Rossmeyer, Harley Davidson down in uh, Daytona, Florida, mm -hmm. and um, got me on a, 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 a an iron, um, which is not a cross country bike by any means. And um, I, I really didn't think of logistics of it at all. The wind <laughs> drag on the the guitar, any of that. Um, I, I actually went through a case where you know the guitar case was strapped over my shoulder, and I was right. doing eighty on the highway, and it literally ripped off of one shoulder. Oh and my came, it flopped down and it was like whacking against my leg and I was in the left lane. I couldn't get over to the right and my heart just dropped into my stomach. And I thought, Oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Oh my so God. I, I did get it pulled over the side of the road and, and I got um, actually the case that's sitting right over there now, which is more substantial. It has like a buckle snap yeah. thing across the front. It's a little more durable. But just the idea that I did it on that bike um, ended going, it was like 14,773 miles Holy all across the country, wrote 25 songs on that trip. Um, I left um, St. Augustine and I had recorded a little bit with Lou Rubino at Fish Tank recording um, before I left, mm -hmm. but I really left the journey in St. Augustine and I returned um, six months later and dropped my kickstand down in that same spot and walked in and recorded the 13 songs that made up national anthem which is my wow. second album and the really cool thing about that is um carly joe jackson was in town um doing a show and and i, I said carly you know would, would you do some backup vocals on some of these songs and she agreed and and i just had her voice in my head and that night before she was to come into the studio and record uh literally sitting by the pool and i and I wrote this song with her voice in mind, and it was a duet, Still the Evening Sky. Um, and I said, Carly, do you, you want to record this, uh, a full song, not just do background? So I played it for her, and she said, I'm in. It was the first song we recorded that day. Carly did the vocal and literally in one take. It was incredible. Wow. And, and that song became my first top 40 single and really got me to Nashville and brought me where I am today, which is a really good place. So, yeah, that that motorcycle trip, and the songs that were written, and the people that I met, yeah, you know, all the way across the country, I met the greatest people, and a lot of those people I know are listening right now, and 
Mm-hmm. I can't appreciate enough still to this day the people that took me into their homes wow. all the way across the country and gave me a place to sleep and, and fed me and showed me around their town. That's and awesome. I learned a lot about people, you know, the goodness of people and um, about about the country. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that trip. I'd love to, to duplicate it again. I did get on the motorcycle again um, when I released Netflix mm-hmm. and did a radio tour. We did. Um, 28 music row radio stations on the motorcycle in 30 days. A lot of times riding overnight um, to make it. So, and that was the last last time I did that, but I loved it. That's crazy. And I, and, you know, you said you wrote all those songs while you were on your bike going across the country. Uh, that's got to be the best writing material when you're seeing all these different sites and different types of people, and it, it just must give you that information, that knowledge it must give you that, that will to write and to write about these people, which we all know that's what country music is all about. It's all about our lives and it's all about what we're doing day in, day out, you know, just, uh, just doing that, just really that, you know, that's what did it for you. I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, the, the one thing that I, when I came out, my first album was very rock driven and I still consider myself more of an American rock with a little bit of country and Southern rock. Yeah. And but I the thing that I do love and I really associate about country music that no matter what your style is, I think it's a very honest um, style of music. I think it cuts right, right to the heart of matters. I think it tells stories and I think it reaches people on a very universal emotional level. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I hope I always get associated with country music. Yeah. So are you still riding? You still get on the bike and. Uh, I I actually rode this weekend. We had that crazy weather. I think you guys had it up there too, or it was like eighty degrees. Yeah, yeah, we had like uh, six or seven days of seven mid seventies, and it sh- we should have a foot of snow on the ground. You know, <laughs> right? And it's like we're outside raking the leaves, cutting the grass, uh, yeah. my shorts, getting things done. It was just uh, you know amazing, amazing. Yeah, I, I had my bike in the garage, and I, I had it on the triple charger and covered, and I thought I was done for the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and this weather it was so beautiful that I got back on the bike and Excellent. and rode the all weekend long. And I do ride a lot when I'm on the bike, which is a weird thing. But um, but yeah, I rode it almost every single day this summer after work. Um, you know, I was working crazy crazy hours. Um, you know, it's usually about sixty hours a week, and I always would take an hour after work to get on the bike. And there's some beautiful country roads that I've discovered back around my house. And I have these loops that I do. They're about an hour and a half each and just clear my mind and, and kind of um, the best way to do it. You just, chill. Yeah. just let it go. Let everything out. Just go. If you've had a bad day and just get on the bike and go, that's so awesome. So what about um, Billy, uh, Billy Lords who we're chatting with tonight here on skip happens along with the official country music fan club. And by the way, they are in Nashville. If you missed it in the beginning, uh, they are uh, working the CMA show which is pretty cool. And that's why Deb is not with us tonight because they are actually at the CMAs. And uh, if you do watch it, there's a lot of pre-recorded stuff going on with the CMAs. You'll see the back of their heads. Not that you're going to see, you know, they probably all look the same, but yeah, they're there, which is pretty cool. Um, So what about this pandemic and how have you handled everything that's going on? I know here in the Northeast, we're going backwards. Um, you know, the cases are going up, uh, the governor of New York is, you know, laying down these mandates, um, you know, the number of people, you know, the, the capacity limits have been cut way down. Restaurants now have to close at 10 PM. The gym's got to close at 10 PM. 
just all this stuff. And that just went down today. So it's going in the wrong direction. But how have you handled uh, being an artist and not having the gigs, not having the shows that you normally would have? Um, how have you handled all that, Billy? Is it um, has it been a, a blessing to you maybe that you don't, you know, being able to concentrate on yourself or it, it, it has been a, it has been a blessing. Um, I, I was not playing a lot out um, to begin with for the last couple of years okay. um, for, for a number of reasons. Um, so for me, it almost leveled the playing field with everyone else because I already wasn't, wasn't doing too much live stuff, but I, the funny thing was right when it hit, um, I was, I was starting to book again. I started to, okay, I'm going to get out there, start doing shows again, start introducing new music to people. So mm -hmm. it hit right then. And it was also at a time when, um, you know, I was about to record and there was a lot of other things um, in the works that kept, because of the pandemic got postponed and got postponed and got postponed. Right, right. But the one thing that through this entire process in Nashville and through the last five years that I've, I've had to learn is the hardest thing is patience. And I've never had it. And, I, and I've learned it. And I've also learned that, you, you know, you're right where you're supposed to be at this very moment. And I feel comfortable that, you know, the groundwork has been set for whatever's coming next for me. And that it's given me time to really, um, you know, refine my plans, really build a foundation in my personal and financial life um, so that I could get myself positioned to do what I, I like to do. And to write those those songs uh, that that I love most, and, and figure out what's going to go on the album, what's not. You know, the, I tend to be a very prolific writer, and songs come to me easily. Yeah, and I'm usually pretty good at deciding. Okay, this one you know is good. This one is not. Um, even though people disagree uh, from time to time, they think a song is good that I don't. But but um, it's it's enabled me to really, I think, get my best material up front. Yeah, if somebody disagrees, that's all right because yeah. it'll just make it better. I mean, <laughs> yeah, hey, nobody, you know, if it just doesn't, if somebody doesn't like it, then ask them why they don't like it. What can I, what can we do different? Then you come to a happy medium, and bam, you got yourself a kick-ass song. That's yeah, all. yeah, exactly. And uh, who do you have there with you? I am sitting next to um, just the best player ever, Renee, Renee Truay. Um, Renee and I have uh, been playing together for about, I would say only about six weeks, six to eight weeks, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. And um, Renee, why don't you tell the people who you are? I know. Renee, <laughs> good to meet you. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got involved playing with Billy. Oh, well, um, well, I'm, well, I'm originally from West Virginia. Okay. I've been in Nashville since 95. I hear um, the accent. And you were talking about how how's the the pandemic affected uh, the playing and gigging and so forth. Usually, I've been playing, you know, touring on the road and then playing downtown uh, quite a bit. Um, but this whole pandemic thing, I must say, has been in ways has been quite a blessing because on one end, yes, things have shut down, but then again, uh, if things hadn't shut down, I wouldn't be able to be here with great artists like Billy being able right. to play for him. So right. it's been, it's been just, like I said, quite a blessing. So it, the, the nice thing too, uh, and, and Renee is such a seasoned player and I can, tell. Uh, I can tell. Yes. Pardon? No, I said, I can tell. 
I can yeah, hear. yeah. It's oh, it's easy to tell. Everybody, everybody you hear is just like she's amazing. I said, I know, very feel very lucky. Um, but you know, one of the things through the course of time was that you know I came here with the band. I ended up by myself, um, which you know was hard enough. Uh, you know, to just lose you know certain musicians, friends, and stuff along the way has been very difficult. Um, and then you find yourself by yourself, and you're writing these songs and. You know, as a, as a songwriter, you hear all of these melodic hooks, um, you know, lead guitar parts, um, just arrangements in your head. And yeah. when you play for someone with just the acoustic guitar, that that's really cool. It's a really stripped down version of the song. And people love that, especially when they've heard the full studio arrangement. Right. They love to hear the stripped down version. But if they haven't heard the studio arrangement and they only hear the acoustic version, it can sometimes feel very flat, especially to me when I'm hearing everything else in my head. So in, you know, comes Renee and she's really bringing all of the melodic components and, you know, bringing these beautiful pads and, and depth um, that I otherwise couldn't have. So it's almost better in a lot of ways to me than a full band. Um, what, yeah. what she brings is just so beautiful. And like I said, she's so talented. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but um, some of the arrangements that she's she sent me um, have just blown my mind, and I can't wait to get in the studio with Renee and and really um, bring those to my sound because I've never had a fiddle in my sound. It's always been a larger guitar driven. It still will be. I still love those those rock guitars and, and those, yep. those heavier guitar tones, but I love what Renee does so much, and I think it it has a place and a home in what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to ask a really maybe it's a dumb question, Renee. Um, you call that a fiddle, but what, what is the difference between a fiddle and a violin? Oh, that's, that's fine. That, I get that question a lot. Um, actually it's the stylistic approach. Um, physically it's the same instrument. A violinist, they have their instruments set up a little bit differently compared to a fiddler. Um, as far as the fine tuners and things like that, but it's pretty much the same. It's just the approach. And how long have you been playing? Well, uh, as I say, never long enough. I'm learning every day, but <laughs> uh, I've been at it for roughly ah, 30 some years now. Oh my gosh. You're not that old. <laughs> you, you've you been on tour though. You said, have you been out with some of the big artists or do you just kind of go, if somebody needs a fiddle player, you, you know, a fiddle player for a hire type of thing or. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty much, I would say yes to both of those questions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And a lot of studio work too. Yes, um, I do a lot of session work, and uh, that's something else. Uh, since the pandemic has happened, um, I've always wanted to set up a studio uh, out of my home. Mm -hmm. um, and, and March is when everything kind of happened. Um, I was heading back in a, in a in a van full of other musicians, and we were all getting these text messages and notifications that you know. <laughs> you know, road tours were canceled for the rest of the year. And, oh man! You know, get back in town, no gigs whatsoever. It's all done, and so I'm here at the at my house. And one man, for so long I wanted to set up my own studio. Um, so I guess you could call it turning lemons into lemonade. Uh, I went ahead and uh, <laughs> you're right here, and within like three days, I had my own studio set up. And so then, since then, I've just been uh, doing a lot of session work out at home. Nice, nice. Do you do, um, either one of you, do you like get on Zoom and uh, get with other musicians and kind of collaborate that way or not? 
I have done a few uh, Zoom meetings. Nothing's ever finer than being together in an actual room, though. So, I mean, it's, it's good for the temporary fix, but ultimately being able to collaborate in a, in a room, you, you get the, the full spectrum. So, Yeah, Renee, when you say um, playing downtown, you've been on that little stage in Tootsie's or maybe the stage or some of All those. throughout the years, I've been, yeah. like I said, I've been in town since 95. And oh my gosh. Like Billy, you know, I was on, on my own record deal as well with the group uh, yeah. for a long time. And, and we would be on and off the road. And, the, and uh, I always say the ups and downs of the music business have always uh, found, you know, yeah. found my home down there playing several gigs a week. A lot. I play a lot at Roberts. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I play yep. a lot at Roberts Western World. You know, and I, you traditional country music. <laughs> but yeah, you go to Tootsie's, uh, you'll see some old photographs of me from like back in 90, oh my goodness, 90, 96, 97. Yeah, there, there are some photos there. <laughs> but she looks exactly the same. Oh, yeah, I had long hair back then. <laughs> Next time in Nashville, I'm going to have to hit you up to show me. That's all. I'd love to see those pics. Oh, it's, it's, it has definitely changed quite a bit over the years. And, yep. and, and I saw that happening. It used to be, you know, well, at least before the pandemic, it was like, you go down there and just like make a little extra supplemental money, you know, money. for some groceries or some gasoline or whatever. And, and your main gig was at Aquiland theme park when it was open. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so of course the parks closed, but uh, just yep. slowly, but, well, quickly in the past several years, it's just it grew uh, into this huge uh, tourist uh, mm -hmm. attraction. That's just like the place to be. Um, well, you know, it's, it's it's just not right now. It's kind of at a low right now. Well, everything is. Everything is. There's nothing doing anything. It's, it's whether you're there, whether you're here, everything is pretty much like this is it. This is our life. I'm yeah, but once again, it's it's. Yes, it's a holding pattern, but then again, it's been uh, it's a blessing too, because uh, it's just like Billy said, you have you've had more time to sit down and uh, fine tune things, your plans, uh, fine tune yourself uh, mentally and even physically and uh, musically. So, yep. you know. Now, yeah. how did you um, how did you get hooked up with Billy? A mutual friend of ours, uh, she had emailed me on Facebook Messenger. And said, "Hey, I have a friend who's looking for a fiddle player," and uh, and I was like, "Well, okay, cool." So uh, I was like, so I wrote to him, and we got together, and, and his his music uh, just really appealed to me. It's just like has so much uh, depth, has a lot of depth uh, lyrically and musically, and just something it's very quenching to the to the musical soul, if that makes any sense. So. No From there, it just went on, and you know, yeah, the, the <laughs> there I am. <laughs> the, the first time that we played together, I, I couldn't believe, um, you know, how intuitive Renee's playing was, and mm -hmm. I just, it was so beautiful, and, and now it's like I, I don't even like playing without her. Really <laughs> but I, I, I don't, I don't enjoy it as much because I love. It's a good. In fact, sometimes I'll, I'll be playing um, a song, and I'll listen to what Renee's doing, and I'll get so caught up in what she's doing that I'll forget the words to my song because it's just so beautiful what she's playing. And I just, I, I'm just listening. It's, it's gorgeous. So, well, um, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, we should probably play something for you. Uh, yeah. Say now that we're talking about music, let's, uh, let's hear what you've got. And, uh, what are you going to do for us? 
Um, I think we're going to start with the song that I just wrote recently called Endlessly. And we did post a, a little bit of this on Facebook, so it might not be super new for everybody, but um, we're going to play it anyway. We're going to play a couple songs for you to do today, but that'll be the first one called that, Endlessly. All right, let's hear it. Midnight sitting up on this rooftop Counting stars, heartbeats, and passing cars When you ask me how long we should stay Endlessly Loving all them little things Top of the world in a front row seat Little heaven on earth Cause you're loving me from me God knows it's meant to be You'll be living home In this field Stealing kisses like I stole that evening sky Hugging turns and flying on a love When you ask me where this dirt will be Good stuff. I love it. Um, is, you know, what well, we're you're playing the music, uh, but uh, is your music online? Can people, uh, listeners, viewers, be able to go to a website and download some stuff, or is it? Well, right now, um, what's what's out there is is um, you know a few years old now. I mean, you can go on iTunes and there's some stuff on there. Spotify, right. if you look at Billy Lord, there's stuff on there. I still have my own Pandora station, but it's 
a lot of it's older stuff so i'm really really excited um to get in and record some songs like this um, for a new album i, I kind of have a, a very strong idea of sonically you know what what i'm going for and how the instrumentation is going to sound just the general overall vibe of the recording and it's and it's you know it's, there's some similarities to what i did but it is also it's going to sound very different and um i would say i look a little different than i did then too so um you know i'm really hoping to come out with with just a whole new package in 2021 new website new everything so i hope people will you know so many people have been patient that's one thing i'd love to say is that you know well, uh, the street team on facebook and you know the people who have been you know like yourself who've been there right from from the very beginnings of this um you know i really want to give them something beautiful and we talked about kind of the motivations behind what you're doing and how they can kind of get lost in nashville but at this point in time, I just really want to make the most beautiful album, what I'm hearing in my head, and be able to, you know, deliver that to the people who who have been waiting. You know, I got to love it. Uh, I'm looking at some of these comments, and uh, we have uh, people viewing from all around the world. Uh, Venezuela, we've got Florida. Um, I know maybe some of these people you know as well. I know there's Becky on there. It says, awesome. Uh, Aubrey is saying, great song, miss you. Um, but, uh, just, it's amazing that people are listening just all over the world and it's so cool to see these comments and maybe for the first time they're hearing you and seeing you and it just, every little bit helps and you need to be heard and you need to be seen. So that, you know, yeah. And Ryan's like, Billy is the man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Thank I, you, sir. appreciate you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we got Carrie. Carrie says, hi, Billy, uh, my neighbor. Is it Carrie or is it? Yeah, it looks like it. But um, but anyways, that's so cool that we got these people chiming in. Uh, yeah, Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, yeah. Is it Diane? Diane? Uh, I can't. I don't know if you know her or not. <laughs> but uh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, um, you, know, you mentioned the, the motorcycle trip across, across the country. And, you know, I, I feel like, um, yeah, that, that I just met so many people from all over and you know, really learned how gracious and, and good people can be, how kind and generous they, they can be. So, you know, those, those people have been supportive all the way through. And, um, you know, I just can't wait to deliver on the promise because I, I know a lot of people, um, you know, very early on, um, just, you know, loved, loved the music early on. And I, I think they're going to really, really love what, what's coming next. I know how soon before we're going to be able to see something, it'll be well into 2021 or. Do I don't think it'll be too far into, into 2021. Um, you know, uh, I, I have not given Mitch, you know, a firm date just yet, but it's coming soon. Uh -huh. And once we get in there, it's just not going to take long for us at least to get a, a good quality single out. I'm hoping to do the recording in, in three, uh, three song sessions and, and do them quarterly with a, a new single about once every six months um, until we get a full album to you by the end of next year. Um, that's just the way that I need to do it. Um, uh, it's the only way I can I can do it and afford to do it and do it right. You know, um, with Mitch, um, he's a Grammy-winning producer. Um, his his studio uh, has done just incredible musicians from you know Chris Stapleton to the Raccoon Tours um, to the Dixie Chicks and Willie Nelson. You know, a lot of great music has come from that studio, and we'll have all Grammy-winning players on there. And obviously, Renee's beautiful you know, arrangements on there as well. 
So I just don't see how we can miss. You know, Mitch is excellent at what he does, and I think he's going to capture. Um, you know, particularly for me vocally, uh, I've never I've never felt the production has always been, you know, what I like it to be. And I just think that uh, you know I've learned, you know, uh, what I can do, and I, I really want the right producer to bring that out. Got it. I can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to hear it on the radio. Me too. <laughs> Me too. You know, and I work the other side of it. So, but it just, there's certain music that just like, yeah, this is good. And I, you're, you fall into that category. Uh, by the way, it's Dion, Dion, Dion Alexander is, uh, that's right. Dion. That's it. He said, pronounce Dion. I apologize for the miss. I have no idea. I've never seen it spelled like, like the way you spell it, but, uh, so it's pronounced Dion. So that's cool. That's cool. Got it. Now, what do you say? We hear another song. Can we do that? Yeah, that would be that would be great. We would love that. Um, what do you promise? Sure. All right, we're gonna do um, a song that I wrote a few months back, and you know this this song is is a you know a little bit deeper, a little bit heavier. Um, you know, endlessly is more in line with some of the other things I've done. This one is a, is a, a little bit heavier, and you know when I introduce it, I always talk about when when I write, I like to try to take people into a scene. I like to to bring them in and draw them into a story, and um, you know, we've all been in, in relationships where they've gotten difficult and sometimes people say things that in the heat of the moment that, that they, they don't mean and it can be hurtful. And my purpose with writing this song called Promise is uh, that maybe somebody will hear it and it will inspire them in that moment uh, to, to collect themselves and, and uh, not say those things. So it's called Promise. See you crying in your dashboard light. I slam the door just to get in this fight. You turn the radio to drown the fear inside your mind. You think I'm leaving up the ones before when you open the door. I'm keeping my promise, standing right. Counting backwards and ten so I can see this. Make me believe it, I'm never leaving Even when it seems to end Gotta make it through the bad times Stay together in these mad times You know what you've been for me Even though you want me Relax. 
You know what? I mean, to me, it sounded fine. All right, good. You know, everybody's got to consider, you don't take into consideration this is over the web and you're there and we're here. And um, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it sounds pretty damn awesome. This, this is basically, you know, our rehearsal that we sit on the couch and <laughs> this is how we do. So you all are getting kind of that you know, behind the scenes uh, look inside of what yeah. rehearsals like for us. Well, that, that's the way it is. I mean, real people doing what you love and I'm doing what I, I love. And this gentleman has a question. What belt buckle are you wearing, Billy? That came from Ryan Hadley. You know, what's really funny is I don't have a belt buckle on. And this is so strange because I always have a belt buckle on. And the, the one that I've been wearing the most recently, and because I had to change venues, we're not in my house. Uh, right. Because I don't have um, internet. I have it, but it's country right. internet. So <laughs> it's like AOL in 1995. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. You still it's have terrible. So, so I had to switch venues here, and uh, I, did, I don't have a belt buckle on. However, I think, he, I think he's probably joking because I used to wear um, my favorite belt buckle was a Kawasaki belt buckle that I had. It was a vintage, like, 1970s Kawasaki belt buckle. And I ride a Harley, so people always gave me a hard time. Well, man, I belt buckle. Right now, my, my worst, most recent belt buckle, the one I probably be wearing today, actually has it's it has this eagle on it with mountains behind it, and the eagle has kind of become you know my spirit animal. It was on the cover of my last album. It was on all of my um, you know touring stuff and T-shirts, and 
you know, it's still for me, um, you know, very much about the Eagle. So that, that was my belt buckle of choice here recently. Ryan says, yep. LOL. <laughs> you know, he knows. He's like, do you have that Harley buckle on yet? He goes, um, I want to let you know, Ryan says he wore that to the Harley rendezvous. Rendez yes. <laughs> Yeah, I got a lot of grief for that. I did. Yeah, I bet you did. I don't know if I'm <laughs> uh, wanting to wear a Kawasaki uh, belt buckle to a Harley Davidson event. I don't know, but it is what it is. Well, you know, in Kawasaki's defense, you know, it, it, their 1980, I think it was the, the Z1000, was the fastest production bike. And it was also used in Mad Max um, oh, yeah. with uh, Mel Gibson. So that makes Kawasaki pretty cool. That's, cool. That's cool. And mm -hmm. uh, you shared a beer after, he says. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. I, I think it. maybe more than one. Yeah, and it's a shout out from Alexandria Faulkner. Uh, it says, I work with Billy Lord. He is so talented. Can't wait to listen to all of his music and see him on tour one day. So, Thank you, Ali. I appreciate that. It's, it's been a pleasure to work with her, too. You know, um, is it too much to ask for one more before we say goodbye? Sure. Uh, so, you can do that. Yes, we can. Um, okay, so we're going to... You know, um, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, writing for Nashville. This is a song that I wrote that was definitely not for Nashville. Um, it's definitely a little darker. It's a little more sinister sounding. Um, to me, you know, I'm hearing all these incredible electric guitar sounds. It's going to be heavier, uh, more like my first album. Mm -hmm. um, and I played it initially uh, for Renee, and I was like, <laughs> I'm probably not going to like this song, but I'm going to play it for we, you anyway. We were just finishing up a Rehearsal one evening, and he has this like huge book of all these tunes. Uh, he's like, I want to play this for you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like I want to play this, and we were just finishing up, and he played it, and I've just started hearing all of these beautiful melodies in my head, and I was like, we have to record this right away. We were we were recording some tunes that night. Yeah, we were putting down several of his songs he already had, and. And uh, he he said, oh, I want to play play let you hear this one, and, and he did. And I was like, we need to put this down right now. So I had him do that right away, and uh, <laughs> I took it home and then laid out all the tracks of everything I was hearing on that 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 piece of music. And so now yeah. we're like, it's now become a living, breathing part of the uh, part of our set. I love it, <laughs> and I'm really really excited to hear what the, what it would be like in the studio. Absolutely love that story. And by the way, quickly, Jennifer Blair Grayson says hello. Um, oh, Jennifer. I, I work yep. with Jennifer, too. One of my most favorite people. Yep. That's cool. Anyways, they're they're chiming in. We're, we're being viewed from all, all around the world, which is cool. And it's Billy Lord, and we're going to hear something else. Go ahead. I, I do appreciate everybody who's tuning in. And just like I said, all the love and support has been amazing. It's been a lot of, like I said, just been a difficult journey. And, you know, I appreciate everybody who's taken it with me. I mean that. Uh, very sincerely, uh, this this song is is, um, is about uh, you know again relationships after a bad relationship or a bad breakup. A lot of times, people they like to uh, take stabs at one another on Facebook and social media, and it's um, it's it's a means of, of trying to control somebody or a relationship that is no longer exists. And um, so I call the song "Remote Control." It's not like the one for your TV. It's just remote as, as far as trying to control someone from afar. So.
hate to love you. You've been playing the victim lately. Like no other. Those you say ain't about me. that to play out all the way that's cool that's cool and the name of the song remote control <laughs> i'm holding up a remote control all right so anyways, i know i'm down i'm like down a little real small in the corner so maybe you didn't see it but that, that that's all right it's billy lord everybody along with renee and uh wow just uh it's been a great night it's been great to catch up with you my friend um you do look a whole lot yeah. different i mean i remember you with the hair the long you had the long hair you were riding the bike and uh i remember when you came in that day and we did the interview on air it was so cool so cool. i remember it very well too and i and i appreciate it then and i really appreciate it now and i can't wait to get back up and see you again Skip. yeah well we'll make that happen may not be uh 
like tomorrow, but uh, we will <laughs> make that happen. And you know, you're always welcome. And you make the trip, you just let me know that you're around and we'll get you taken care of. So, well, li likewise, when you're in Nashville, you let us know and we'd we love to show you around. You always have a place to stay. And I appreciate forward, You know, you have plenty of room. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think my Nashville trips normally were there two, three times a year. I know Deb is there a lot on business as she owns business in Nashville as well. And uh, right now, as I mentioned earlier, she's at the CMA Awards taking care of business. And, uh, you know, we have that connection. So that that's kind of cool. And to get to know people like you, I know Deb has never met you, but I know who you are and uh, what you're capable of. And now you've got Renee there by your side. And I'll tell you what, in addition, I just love the sound of a fiddle, a good fiddle player. And it just really adds it doesn't matter if you have the electric guitars. Yeah, you can still have those. You can still have a steel. You can still have the fiddle. You bring it all together, and you've got yourself some great music. Man. Yes, sir. You know, if it's done right, it's awesome, and that is definitely done right. So that's cool. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we do want to thank you for joining us here tonight. And, um, you know, wait a minute. Do I have my list of questions? Hang on. Stand by. <laughs> Maybe I don't. You might get away. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on. I almost got away. Carry on the conversation. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> so I have a list of questions, and we find out a little bit more about the artist. And Renee, you're welcome to chime in as well. Um, <laughs> it's always it's always good to have a different perspective. Which is, I mean, well, you got female. I get it. I have a list of twenty five questions, and Billy, pick a number between one and twenty five. Uh, 13. 13. Uh, it is. I was going to pick 13 for? Because, what, because uh, I want a dangerous question. Elevators don't even have 13. It is a dangerous question. Do you know, do you, 13 is, do you know your love language? What? Exactly. Do I know my love language? Yes. Yes. It. Well, I, I think it's a uh, touch and words of affirmation, I would say. Those okay. Two. All right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Renee's going, huh? See, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do another one. Between 1 and 25. I'm going to go with uh, 18. What? Oh, you're going to like this one. And knowing you, I'm sure there's something. Uh, what's the scariest thing you've done for fun? Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on now. All right, you want another one? I mean, you, you you know that I've been I've been up to some stuff in my lifetime. Boy, that that's a tough one. I no, you're right. I do know. I do know, and it's okay if you don't want to answer. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I mean, I I think honestly, it's, it's you know probably riding a motorcycle because it's it's fun, but it's also every time you get on it. In fact, I just rode the other day, and I and I I witnessed an, an accident, a, a motorcycle, a rider that was down, and and that's hard to see. So um, you know, it's it's always that. Uh, you have that adrenaline, but you, there's that fear too. It's pretty scary. Right, right. Also fun. You know, I did at the motorcycle. This is one thing. It's the uh, the driver of the automobile or the truck that you got to watch out for because sometimes it just. That's the truth. Everybody look look for motorcycles. Yep. All right, uh, Renee, pick a number. Uh, <laughs> four. Oh, this is easy, and I already oh. knew the answer. You lucked out, girl. Uh, what's your most prized possession? My most prized possession. It's probably not what I was going to say, but go ahead. My most prized possession. Hmm. Yeah, I would say probably 
Probably this. Ding, 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 ding. Exactly. Yeah, that's Chelsea, that's that's right. Yes, I am an owner of a 2013 Mustang GT 5.0. What? Yes, it's dangerously fun. All right, here's the deal. When I, when I fly in, I'm going to get your number. When I <laughs> next time, you're going to pick me up at the airport. That's all. We're going to. You got it. All right, Billy, pick a number. Uh, seven, lucky seven. One thing you avoid at catering. One thing I avoid what? At catering. At catering. Oh, really? Yeah, like. Oh, I eat everything, Skip, for real. I eat everything. I'm the best, world's best eater. And, and that happened in New York City. Um, you know, just there's so much interesting food there. Um, there's really nothing that I, I avoid. I will say that I, I, don't, I don't love like anchovies. All right. Well, there you go. I don't blame you. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Disgusting. Uh, Renee, we'll do one more with you. Okay. Huh. Let's see. 12. What is the most adventurous thing you've done that your parents don't know about? Well, if I were to tell you, my parents would find out. <laughs> because they're probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, uh, Skip, that, my, my parents know everything. Like, I, I did stuff in high school, and I thought I was so stealth. I thought they didn't have any idea. And literally, I mean, I, I'm almost 50 years old here, and I'll go to visit my parents. My, my mom will just sneak it out. You know, she'll just be over cooking, and she'll be like, hey, so tell me about that time you did X, Y, and Z. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I would ask for a specification of what chapter of my life that yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> No, I hear you. I hear you. We can we can move on. We'll do one more with Billy. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> we'll let that go. <laughs> All right, Billy, pick a number. Uh, nine. Oh, what sounds fun to you right now? What sounds fun to me right now? Yeah. Um, Recording, sleep, sleep, sleep sounds fun. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I, I'm work, working a lot. I was working a lot of overnights um, last week, so sleep sounds really fun to me right now. But what's uh, what's your side hustle? What are you doing? Uh, manager, I manage. Well, I was managing a Dollar General um, okay. to pay the bills, and that's interesting because you know I was in newspaper and magazine publishing for sure. 15 years before I lost my job in New York and started doing this music thing and, and then I was just doing music for about four and a half years and nothing else. And when I got here to Nashville and everything kind of went south, um, you know, I, I started working retail, not thinking and I was like, I didn't really do much with it. And I ended up taking on a store and managing a store and, and, you know, it's, it's really made my life pretty stable here. And um, I'm going to be using my quarterly bonuses to record some music. That's awesome. You know, and before I do say goodbye, I know I'm, no more questions. <laughs> but um you remind me of jimmy wayne remember do you know jimmy wayne um I, I, do, I do not musician what's that i don't you don't and you look him up but um he's got a very similar story um jimmy wayne was homeless um music kind of brought him back to life he went on he had a couple of big hits i want to say probably back in the 90s um look him up definitely good okay. stuff your story, you know, everything you've done, you, you tried to get away from it all, riding across the country and doing all that. I mean, you were homeless for a little bit, so to speak. You 
you struggled, you, you did a lot of good things that did a lot of bad things. Jimmy Wayne was in the same situation and yeah. that story. And, you know, he went on to be just a, you know, he's, he's deep in his faith. He, um, put out some great music and it was a while ago, but uh, the story is almost the same. Very similar. Let me put it that way. I'm, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, uh, please, do. please do read about it. Read about him. Jimmy Wayne. Uh, definitely just, a, just a great guy. He, had the, he hasn't been on our podcast yet, but uh, I did do a radio interview with him and just his story is just very similar to what, what your story is and how music kind of you're doing what you love and your passion and you're dead. You're very dedicated to what you believe in. And, well, I'll uh, tell you, th this is the, my favorite part of my story so far, Skip, is, you know, having been through it and, and you know, done a lot of things I, w I was not real proud of um, yep. and made a lot of bad decisions. And, well, we all, um, you know, let, let a lot of people down that I didn't want to let down. And, and that's a hard thing to deal with. And, you know, coming on around the other side of that now, um, you know, it's just a, I'm in a good place. I'm in a really good place musically and every, in every part of my life. I, I just feel the best I felt. So ready to go. That's just dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's Billy Lord, everybody. And Renee, who is uh, for the last six, seven weeks has been playing fiddle for Billy. And it sounds like that's going to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good matchup right there now. And um, we look forward to hearing your music uh, in 2021 and uh, hearing the project when it's done. I'd love to get it on the radio when it's time. And, uh, you know, here in the Northeast, I know you do have a name. A lot of people love you up here. Um, they can remember from years ago when you were doing a lot of shows in the area. And uh, we'd love to have you come back. So the door is always open, Billy. Always I can't open. wait. Love to see you, my friend. I want you to stay safe. Uh, wear your mask <laughs> if you have to and, uh, and all that. And uh, just stay out of trouble, my friend. Keep putting out the music. And Renee, it's a pleasure meeting you and a very talented. And obviously, you've been there a long time. So. Yeah. That's good. And that's a, that's a good thing. A long time is a good thing. So thank you for right. having us, Skip. We appreciate you. All right. It's Billy Lord and Renee, everybody. Thanks for uh, having, uh, having us on tonight. It's Skip Happens on behalf of, uh, of course, myself, Skip Clark, the host of Skip Happens, Deb Lanfear, the president and founder of the official country music fan club, who, by the way, is in Nashville. Make sure you look them up on their Facebook, the official CMFC. And uh, make sure you look Billy Lord up online. He's got a lot of his older music up there and the new stuff will be coming real soon. Peace out, everybody. Have a good night.